On this week's episode, Alan and I talk about the 64th annual Autumn Oaks, including interviews with our big winners from the weekend. We hope you stay tuned for this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager at UKC, and I'm joined today by Alan Gingrich, the Director of Hunting Ops. What's going on, Alan? Uh, doing very well. A little busy right now? It is busy. You know, <laughs> we got back from Autumn Oaks, what, Sunday afternoon, and, and it's so exhausting. It's such a great week, but it is exhausting, and I think even more so the older you get, and I'm starting to feel a little bit. My ankles were hurting. <laughs> doing so much walking. That's right, yeah. Well, man, we had a great week at Autumn Oaks, and uh, here, we're, here we are just a couple of days after getting back, and we're going to – got a bunch of interviews that we got. I think we're both pleased with some of the interviews that we got, some good content, and we're going to bring that to you uh, here uh, in these next couple episodes. And uh, and we're just going to talk about a little bit of Autumn Oaks today. I think we just got out of a kind of a post-event meeting up there with some of our uh, national event team, and super pleased with how Autumn Oaks went this year. Yeah, already kind of planning for next year or a little bit, you know. Yeah. And went through some things we want to improve on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we were all so pleased with how it went, but uh, you made a point in the meeting that uh, when it's going well, it's not the time to kind of let up on it. We're just got time to be a little more nitpicky and, and yep. some of the fine details can always get better. There's always room for improvement. That's and we exactly know that right. for sure. That's exactly right. Yeah. So today we're going to start out with some, uh, just giving some shouts out, shout outs, some thank yous, some people, some people involved uh, before we get into, uh, some of the numbers from the event, a, a truly great event, and then get into some of the interviews that we got. So uh, let's start out mentioning our uh, our sponsors and our partners. Uh, you know, we we had a I thought we had a really good, strong prize table this year and, and awards for everybody who placed in the event, and it's not possible without these folks right here. And that kind of starts out with our partners. Uh, first, you have Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC, and also Dogtra, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. Uh, dog trust set up there right by the registration table in our building and they looked like they were busy they talked to a lot of folks that weekend so that's encouraging for those guys over at dog trust yeah for sure i don't know how many systems we gave away over the weekend but a bunch same with dog food i think it was what 60 70 80 bags of dog food i think yeah absolutely and uh and also some other prize sponsors you know uh, uh sierra busby we should mention her she uh she's kind of new to our team she's going to be doing a lot of the uh, sponsorship details so uh some of the tasks that me and you had over the weekend was to introduce her to some of these uh, companies and people out there and help her create relationships and and that was fun and uh, I, I know i on the one day we were doing prize tables we rode around and got uh, prizes from a lot of these people and just can't wait to mention some of these the great prize sponsors that we had for this event starting out with bright eyes light mr ray conrad a big supporter of ukc and a lot of our events uh, you got Diamond Deluxe, L&M Manufacturing. They uh, donated a dog box and have sponsorship for for a lot of UKC events. Uh, GT's Feed and Hunting Supply. Uh, they weren't able to be there this year, unfortunately, set up, but they've been a, a longtime sponsor of UKC, and we appreciate their sponsorship. Yeah, they have, and I think it's just kind of an un unfortunate situation with his uh, wife was in the hospital, I guess, or whatever, kind of a last-minute deal that they couldn't make it there. But, yeah, no, big-time supporter. Yeah. 
uh, Kelly's K-Lots. I know Miss Sandra donated uh, a whole box about broke me down trying to carry it to the buggy, but <laughs> yeah. uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah, she uh, she uh, uh, sponsors the uh, dual championship, gives lights for each one of those breed winners, and, and the thermal that we gave away to the overall winner came from K-Light. Yeah, uh, second through 10th place and registered got a Kelly K-Lot. Second through fifth in uh, Night Champion got a new Bright Eyes Light. So appreciate both of those. Absolutely. Uh, Mule Brand Gear and Apparel. Uh, Oki Dog Supply LLC. Yep. Uh, both of those companies are owned by the uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Franklin, Mike Franklin there. And, and he does, uh, he's been a longtime supporter. Uh, we have Night Light. Owens Products. I think each of our, uh, the National Grand Night Champion, Night Champion first place and registered first place all got a brand new Owens Dog Box. Right. Uh, tier one custom calls. Yeah, Wyatt Monin was sitting out there on the corner with his uh, tier one custom calls there, and and I think he did all right. But yeah, we appreciate their sponsorship. Absolutely. Uh, Briar Creek Kennels and Hunting Supplies. Yeah, Chris Girth, Andy Canada. There, they do a fantastic job. They have some great supplies. Do a really, they really support a lot of the hunters, support our events, and appreciate them. Yeah, Crystal Hunting Lights. Yep, and they give uh, what do they give four lights? I think for the for the final four and the grand and the grand sixteen, they just kind of wanted to uh, uh, just to contribute to that part of it. So they they give four lights for that. Yeah, and uh, Yoder Nylon and Razor. Yeah, kind of a new one right there, but they were uh, one of our bigger ones for Autumn Oaks for the warm up slams, and also the grand sixteen where they the the two thousand dollar added purse comes from that. And uh, uh, also uh, the Grand 16 give away a pair of boots. What all did they give? A boots, a hunting vest. Um, uh, non, a non-spill bowl. Yeah, one of their yeah. new dog tie-outs Steak or whatever. Yeah, so pretty pretty nice package, and we appreciate that very much. Yep, absolutely. You mentioned the slams. They obviously donated $2,000 to the slams, 500 out of the purse each Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, right. and then the overall $500 uh, purse to the overall winner that yeah. we uh, recognized on yep. Friday afternoon. So let's start out with the slams. There you go. Kind of a, a really big uh, week for us as far as slams go. Started out Tuesday night in uh, Liberty, Indiana at the Hannah's Creek Conservation Club. 98 dogs. Wow, that was, uh, had, uh, you couldn't believe that. Yeah, shattered and our old. Shattered it, you know, and having that number of entries uh, already on the first night of it, that kind of set the stage for the whole week, you know, and, and everything was just up this year. Starting right from day one at the warm-up slams on Tuesday night. 98 dogs. 98 dogs. I, I forget how many they had on the very first year we had the warm-up slams, but I'm going to say it was barely 40. Yeah. You know, but it's just constantly growing growing a little bit, you know. And that's, uh, you know, you don't, you want to be able to, con, uh, you know, to put everybody in the woods too, you know. But uh, uh, good numbers, I guess, just good. Yeah. And I think the club was really, really tickled with that. And mm -hmm. sounds like they didn't have any trouble at all getting them all in the woods. Yeah. They had to work a little bit at it, you know, but they, they got it done. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Wednesday night where the slam shifted to the Delaware County Coon Hunters in Selma, Indiana. 123 dogs on Wednesday night. Yeah, that's a very good turnout again there as well. Also up a little bit, you know, not a whole lot, but they do a great job. You know, and then the next night uh, was, that was the big one, 165. And that's the same night we had the dual championship running at, uh, uh, out of the, off the grounds there at Wayne County. And oftentimes, that takes away from the slam a little bit, you know, because uh, a lot of those guys are actually hunting in the duels. But look at it this year, 165. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Great week. Uh, Jamie Estep was our master of hounds this week for the slams, and he couldn't give enough recognition to the clubs. Uh, first, the Hannah's Creek Club, Mike Lester, uh, Kevin Cable, Mike Carmack, getting dogs in the w woods efficiently. 
even Wednesday and Thursday night in Selma with that many dogs, 165 dogs on Thursday night yeah. with another event going on, you yeah. know, less than an hour away. Yep. Uh, Jamie talked about, you know, Randall Winchester, Darren Ridge, um, Derek Compton, Compton, that whole team getting yeah. dogs in the woods and how efficient it was and yeah. that they were ready to call cast not soon after uh, uh, entry deadline. Yeah, well, I think you talked you uh, you talked with uh, with uh, Jamie a little bit on the podcast a little bit, and you're going to hear from him here in a, here after a little while. But, uh, you know, I mentioned those clubs really talked pretty highly of him, and he's very efficient. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but uh, they uh, they also talked highly of him. You know, and, and how he did his job and helped with that. So that's all good. Have to put a bow on that. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, Final Four split $466 each. Wednesday night, the Final Four split $505 each. And then on Thursday night, the Final Four split $610 each. On Every a, plus point cast winner at least got their money back. And uh, for the week-long total for slam events, 386 entries over three nights. That's pretty, that's pretty nice. On a $35 entry fee as well. That's right. Let's shift gears into the duels a little bit. Uh, Thursday, uh, we had the dual championship that ran in accordance with uh, the slam event that happened in Selma. Uh, we had 94 dogs entered and ended up putting 89 in the woods. Yeah. I was super tickled with that number. That's, Good, that's up number. from the past few years. Yep. Uh, we had 26 casts go in the woods for all the different breeds and only two dead casts. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that means 24 dogs advanced to the Friday night portion of the dual championship. Yeah, just really quickly, the dual championship is made up of a dog that uh, is entered. There has to uh, be a at least a champion on the bench and also a night champion. Uh, so that's why we call it the dual championship. And that's actually the, the overall winning dog there does get the degree of uh, dual national champion. Yeah. It's and kind of become a popular uh, little hunt, really. Yeah. yeah. And you, uh, you were able to go over and uh, announce the national dual championship portion of the show, and you got right. to see a lot of these dogs that have won their casts the yeah. night before in – in uh, action how did those yeah. dogs look very very nice a very nice group of dogs i think there were 24 of them that uh you know that made it to the next round you know the first round they all compete against their own breed only so it's kind of a mini breed breed hunt is what it amounts to those cast winners will then advance the next day on friday to the bench show and in the first class they'll show against their breed have one breed winner and then those seven breed winners go up against each other for the overall but i this year i saw more uh, spectators watching that uh, final class of the dual championship than i ever have there so it was a packed house watching them good nice group of dogs yeah and uh you actually uh the winner this year no stranger to this event actually won the national grand champion last year and that's going to be scott hogan Scott and Connie Hogan again in the winner's circle, this time with night champion, water champion, grand field champion, grand champion, midnight brindled bendy. Yeah. Uh, she's a female plot hound uh, out of world show champion, grand champion, midnight brindled bonner, and uh, a dog named late night southern scarlet. Pretty well-known cross there in the it, plot world. It is, and he comes from a family of winners, you know, and, and you're going to hear from Scott here after a while. I talked to him after his win later on that, uh, that afternoon. But, uh, yeah, just a, a nice uh, – a very nice dog. She looks super good. And I think she had the second highest score on Friday night in the hunt or yeah. Thursday night. Yeah. Well, hey, let's go ahead and uh, and play the clip of your interview with Scott right now. Saturday afternoon at Autumn Oaks, the show's over with and wrapping it up. And I finally got a hold of Scott Hogan here to talk about his big win on Thursday night at the uh, dual national championship. Actually, it ended on Friday. How are you, Scott? Fine, fine. Thank you. Yeah. So the dual national championship, you, uh, hunt against your breed on Thursday night, and that's dual champions only. 
Yes, sir. And uh, then the second round, cast winners move on to the show on Friday, show against the breed winners. And yes, sir. you win your breed there. And then those seven breed winners go up, and we have one overall national dual champion, and you are the winner, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about this little dog that took you there. Little, yes, sir. A uh, little uh, four-year-old female, plot female, Midnight Brindled Bindi. Yes, sir. Tell us about Bindi. So uh, Bindi is a pup that, that I raised. She's off of uh, world show champion Donner, and I believe – well, Scarlet is her mother, uh, Corey Hall and Sasha Scarlet Dog. I believe Scarlet is a night champion, Grandfield Grand Show champion. I believe. Yeah. Yes, sir. I know she's got a lot of titles. I do know that. Yes, sir. I've read that dog many a times throughout <laughs> yeah, the years. Yes, sir. Seems like anyway. Yeah, that was a pretty famous cross for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, in the last, I don't know, a bunch of years, just seems you have had a lot of success with your plot hounds well thank you not just thank that you. you know you you compete with them in all of our events uh, you know night hunts water races field trials everything it just seems like they're very well-rounded hounds huh yes yes they are i i've been fortunate i got lucky call it what you want uh selective breeding working hard but uh this line of dogs is very versatile I, from field trials to water races to shows to night hunts just seems like uh Things just seem to come easy to them. Yeah. So how long have you had this specific strain of plot hounds? Has this been the same strain you've always had? or Yes, sir. Is it, it? it all started back with uh, uh, a dog I used to campaign a lot in the shows and in the, in the hunts was uh, Night Champion, Grand Champion, Midnight Brindle Blitz. Yeah. And we bred Blitz to my wife's female, uh, Grand Champion, Midnight Brindle Black Brandy. And from there, it's just one generation after another after yeah. another. And so this dog has, uh, Bindi has Blitz in her pedigree as well. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. So a uh, four-year-old, so I assume you raised her from a puppy, trained her and everything? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So what is it that you like about this dog? So I, I you know, training Bindi from a puppy up, I mean, and you hear this a lot, right, but... Bindi treated her first coon at six and a half months old by herself. Yeah. And she's just one dog that the more we went along, the better she has gotten, the more independent she has become. Um, she made night champion really fast. And then I started working with another hound, uh, which I hope everybody to hear about here shortly. Um, I, I, I started, I put Bindi on the back burner. And I, I four-way granted uh, plot male. Uh, his name's Midnight uh, Brindled TJ. And then after TJ got finished here about three weeks ago, I broke broke Bindi out and started going again with Bindi. Yeah. So, yeah, here we go again. Right? So she was going to be your dual dog for this year for how long? When did you make that decision, or how did you make that decision? Uh, last year. Yeah? Yeah, I, I really wanted to have her out here last year for the duels. But we made a decision to breed her, and uh, she was with pups last year yeah. at this at this yeah. event. So yeah. yeah, so you mentioned you know you've you've raised this line of dogs for a while. I've been successful with them. She's got some other litter mates that are you've also done well with it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. What are some of those dogs? So her brother is a national grand show champion of Autumn Oaks Midnight Brindled Bonfire. They are litter mates. Yeah. 
Yeah. Bonfire, yeah. Uh, there's been some other ones in there. Uh, the male dog that won today, uh, Grand Male, is uh, Zol. Corey and Sasha Hall, Zol. Yeah. Um, one of my buddies from childhood, Larry Jenkins, uh, Grand Grand Show Champion, Hall of Fame, uh, Dixie Delight. Um, let's see, I'm trying. Oh, Hannah Cable's uh, Midnight Gambler dog is That's a litter right. mate. That's one of those. Uh, Corey and Sasha Hall's Rosie female was breed winner at Autumn Oaks one year. Um, God, if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm sorry. But yeah. It just seemed like yeah. that litter, there there yeah. literally, honestly, wasn't a bad pup in that litter. Oh, huh. yeah. And that was the Donner and Scarlet Cross. Hey, as a breeder and uh, owner, breeder, handler, having success like that with a strain of dogs just got to be very satisfying. It, it is. And, and, you know, I just kept with it. And then when that, you know, everybody says that one special dog comes along. And uh, Donner, when, when Connie won the world in 2018 with Donner, her daddy yeah bendy's daddy we we actually crossed donner to wayne Steele's female and the very following year uh dibs grand grand show champion world show champion uh dibs was out of donner yeah so it was like donner won the world and a year later produced the world yeah so i was pretty happy with that and then yeah. i thought well what more can we do what yeah what what other titles can can we catch you yeah. know so uh set my sights on this dual championship uh title um i don't want to sound bold or modest but it's the only title that me and connie haven't owned yeah and uh so now this completes it yeah um and i still got some bigger sights set i'm not done yet yeah you know what i mean but <laughs> uh yeah i've just had uh, really good luck with this line of plots and and everybody that knows me knows from the time that i was 10 to the time that i was 30 i would only hunt a walker dog really yes sir. yeah and i had some really good famous walker dogs but uh, uh connie got me into these plot dogs and you know i went through a pile of them before i could find one that would run a tree the way i wanted yeah. it to and and we just been uh very successful in this line of dogs yeah yeah well obviously you have so, yeah, the dual championship starts on Thursday night. Uh, tell us a little bit about that cast. Looks, uh, like, looks like she kind of dominated the cast. Well, I, I at mean. The, at the end score looks that way anyways. Yeah, the, the end score looks that way. But I, I will say this, that you couldn't ask to draw out against a nicer group of guys. Uh, Lucas Murphy, Chris Matney, uh, top, top, top people. Um, the, the little Grand Knight female that Lucas was hunting, um, just an awesome hound, uh, an awesome hound. And, and matter of fact, she is a full blown litter mate to my TJ dog. Okay. So I kind of knew it. I never hunted with Bella, but I kind of knew what to expect from her. Um, very fast, very, very hard tree dog. Nice, just clean dog. Right. And, uh, the Hulk dog, um, very nice dog, very good, mild mannered, good acting male, just and then them three dogs, I will say this, they never got split from each other all night. Uh, they worked a great work together as a pack. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just good. I mean, it was a great cast. It was fun. There was, yeah. we never had a question. We never had an yeah. argument. We never yeah. had a complaint. It was just in a total, yeah. total enjoyable night. And, uh, you know, I guess the hardest part about that night for me, right. Was after I come back and won the cast, 
And then I'm trying. I I didn't sleep at all because my mind's thinking, you yeah. know, what other dogs have yeah. come in, yeah. you know, because then I'm worried about that. Yeah. And that's such a. This is why this dual championship means so much to me because I know some people think that I'm just a show person, but I'm a coon hunter first, show second, mm-hmm. and I wanted this title to kind of stamp that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um. It's it's such a hard thing because even if you do win your cast, you got the whole next day to worry about this. Yeah. This judge gonna like this hound, yeah. yeah. And it, and it, it's so hard. It, it's just and it, it meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. It, it really has. And and being that she's the national dual champion and her brother last year bonfire won the national grand champion. God, I, I I just couldn't tell you how I felt. Her daddy's won the world champ championship. Yes, you know, yeah, yes, I can. Sir. I can't relate, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been crazy, man. It has been crazy. Yeah. So then, yeah. you know, so up in the show, you, I, I forget how many plot winners we had in the show. Uh, three, 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 uh, three yeah, there was nine, yeah. nine cast or nine dogs, duels. Yeah. All three cast came back with yep. plus points. Yeah. So you, so. she had to beat two other plots in the show. Yes, sir. And then go up against the seven or the, the six other breed winners. And, yes, sir. And yes, uh, sir. Judge Nod gave her the nod. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like you know, it's a it's a it's a high that no drug yeah druggie uh, could ever get, right? Uh, yeah. it's just it's amazing. Well, I'm I'm tickled for you. And, Thank you. And, Thank and you even, too, even more so when it. you hear the story or your aspirations, you know, and, and and you guys competing in all the events with your with your dogs and having yeah. success like that is a good story. Yeah, and, and, and Bindi's pretty fast in the water. Um, and in a field trial, I think she went 18-0. and 0. She, Really? Uh, she's never lost a field trial. Yeah. Um, you know, and and she's just one of them dogs. That yeah. Stuff comes easy to her. She listens. She minds. Yeah. Uh, I bred her to uh, Grand Knight Champion Flatland High to Randy Schweitzer's dog. Yeah. And these puppies are looking awesome really yeah man yeah man <laughs> yeah yeah so we'll see what that that brings you know yeah. what i mean maybe yeah. next year well hey good deal i won't take any more of Thank your time you, but we'll be Thank uh you. we'll be sending you another dual national championship title degree i guess that will go on the dog's record yeah that's so, awesome uh, thank you so uh, congratulations thank again. you kc and thanks everybody thank chris matney for guiding thanks lucas murphy for judging uh thank danielle champ for judging the dog in the, in the show and i just it's been a great weekend. Well, there you go. Yeah, I talked to Scott about this dog, and as you could hear, you know, he, he talked about the family of dogs that are in here, and they're, they're no accident. You know, one of the things that you're going to hear from Scott, you see him at a lot of the shows and stuff. What you probably don't see so much is him in the hunts, but he, they, Scott and Connie, his wife, they, they compete in all the events, water races, field trials, everything, you know, and, and you heard Scott say, you know, I'm a coon hunter first. You know, so a dog that doesn't hunt is not uh, is not going to uh, be in his kennel. You know, so that's first and foremost. But not just that. You know, it's pretty interesting. He talked about his uh, where he started with his line of dogs and and what they have today. It's pretty impressive. Absolutely, absolutely. Our partners at Dogtra have just launched an exclusive program available only to active UKC competitors. So if you've competed any time this year or plan to compete in any future UKC events, you can qualify to receive exclusive benefits through Dogtra. 
Take advantage of this exclusive program and become a Daltra Competition Field Staff today. To sign up, visit daltra.com forward slash daltra competition field staff. That's daltra.com forward slash daltra competition field staff. Well, also going on that Thursday, talking about the National Door Championship, we also had the confirmation show, kind of a Coonhound specialty confirmation show that we've had the past few years and really successful event this year. Uh, I know our all-breed team and our vice president, Nicole, uh, was super excited about the entry they had over there. Got to give a shout-out to the judges, Diana Brumbo and Stephen Melgreen, for being able to run through that many dogs in the time that they did in the rings. And uh, it was tight. I made it over there in time maybe to see the, who the, the best in show was. And uh, this year it was uh, Jason Hunter. Jason Hunter, he was handling a dog. Uh, second wins, a second wins, stunning in stilettos. That's owned by his uh, mom, Janice Hunter, and they're from uh, Brantford, Florida down there. Yeah, this dog is sired by stylish, handsome Hank, and the dam is Cisco C. Sienna. Uh, but, yeah, uh, he uh, Jason is, uh, is a great handler. You know, he's been handling dogs for a long time, and he was super, super excited after that win. You know, he uh, – I went up there and shook his hand. He just hugged me and he said, "This is what uh, this is what he dreams about," you know. Yeah. But you know, and not just that. Uh, they we had the the hurric they had the hurricane coming up through uh, Florida, and that hurricane pretty much pretty much went right through where uh, he and his his parents lived down there. So I've not heard how much damage it did, you know. But uh, it they were right in the right in the path of that hurricane, you know. So they'd come up to. Uh, uh, Autumn Oaks, you know, the week before and uh, kind of away from home. That had to be on their mind all weekend long. But, uh, hey, congratulations to to uh, them on winning this uh, big event on Thursday. 163 entries. Another good entry. Absolutely, it yeah. was. One thing, Jason, I, I uh, friends with him on Facebook there, and he was posting some videos. He has a new content platform. He was interviewing some, some youth and, and some different folks out there. So I enjoyed him uh, catching a little content out there as well. That was and, some fun and he, listens. And yeah, exactly right. He does a great job interviewing those folks. I guess while we're there, we could kind of mention that a little bit. The, for the second year in a row here, we've had our little media center there at Autumn Oaks in the Coleman Center. Uh, we had our big hound, our, uh, hunting ops podcast uh, uh, booth in the Coleman Center. And we had a few more in there with us. We had the Fueled by Joy dog, uh, Fueled by Joy podcast in there. Josh Michaelis uh, was. Uh, sharing content all week, and I enjoyed listening, uh, watching a lot of his stuff. Of course, I didn't get to watch it till Monday when yeah. I was at home. But he does a great job with it. He had his buddy Stephen Green in there with him uh, part of the time, you know, and they they did a great job. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, yep. We also had uh, Going to the Dogs podcast and there, Steve Fielder in there, and of course, uh, last week you would have heard the interview with or the podcast that me, you, and Steve had when we talked about seventy years of night hunts yeah. with UKC. We hope you enjoyed that one. That yeah. was a fun one. With yeah, you. it sure was. And then also kind of the, a long one there, but yeah. <laughs> That's it right. was fun to do, though. And also the Coonhound Confidential guys, uh, Daniel, Dustin, and, and Ryan from down in South Carolina were there. Hopefully they got some good content. As of today, I haven't seen it quite yet, but I'm sure that they got some interviews. I did see them interviewing some people. And uh, outside, we had a few tree talking uh, time, tree talking media, Ben Sheets. He went out on the final cast with us, actually, and got some good pictures of dogs right. in action on the final cast mm -hmm. of the Grand 16. And then the Houndsman XP guys were everywhere, I saw. Chris here and Bryce Matthews here and uh, Heath, Heath Hyatt, Hyatt was, there. He was there, yeah, yeah. They were well represented. We appreciate all those media platforms being out there. We appreciate all you guys do for the Hound Hunters. 
Okay, so let's uh, let's get into the uh, show portion of the event. Uh, we got started up Friday morning. The actual show portion of it with our Bench registered show part, yeah, yeah, uh, got it with our registered class coming in, and they had ninety seven registered dogs after all the smoke settled. Um, and after the registered portion of it, they got into the dual championship uh, part of it, which we've already talked about. But ninety seven dogs and twenty four really strong. Uh, that segues into Saturday when we had our, started out with the champion class, had an 88 dog entry in the champion class, 86 grand champions after that uh, to crown our national grand champion. And uh, I kept hearing how, how good and efficient Danielle Champ and Eric Brooks were. Uh, I think they might have uh, – uh, Nicole and Megan were really pleased with how the show flowed yeah. and they, were, yeah. uh, they had high regards for the show judges. Yeah. That goes a long way. They talked about the stewards a little bit in our meeting this morning, and uh, uh, it was kind of Eric Brooks had both of his kids. One of them stewarded one day with uh, Jordan one day, and then uh, and then uh, his oldest son there the the opposite day. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when you're hearing that all together, the registered portion of the show, which is the register, the champions, and grands all together, it ended up being a 271 dog entry. And when you add all of the show together from Thursday through uh, Saturday, 458 entries over the, the confirmation of the bench show portion of it. Pretty good. Really pretty strong good entry. Yep. Um, and the big winner of the weekend is going to be uh, someone who is no surprise actually judged this show last year. And that's uh, this dog is a confirmation champion, grand champion, Wabash River Lost Highway, Redbone Male, owned by Andy Emery, Keith Emery, Curtis Elburn, and Nikki Elburn. And Andy and Keith are out of Lake Lure, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, they've been showing dogs. We have uh, we've talked about this multiple times, but you know, Andy and her uh, sister uh, Nikki, uh, Curtis, uh, Curtis and Kathy Elburn, they're their daughters, and they have been coming to Autumn Oak since they were in strollers, and we have pictures to prove that. You know, so uh, they've just uh, always been always brought good dogs. You know, their dad uh, their dad had dogs back in the day, and and they've still got that same line of dogs. And I got a chance to sit down with Andy and and Curtis both, and we talked about some of that. So uh, it's a, a good listen. Now, when we sat down, it was you guys were taking entries at the uh, on Friday or on Saturday there for the hunt. So there was a long line. There it was a little bit noisy in there. So hopefully we won't have a whole lot of background noise. But uh, here's Andy and her uh, dad, Curtis, talking about the Red Bones and their win here this weekend at Autumn Oaks. Well, here we are towards the end of the afternoon, Saturday at Autumn Oaks, and I'm sitting here with one of the big show winners, Miss Andy. I always want to call you Elburn, but it's Emery now. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Andy Emery, congratulations. You're the Thank big you. winner in the show. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. and your dad's also here, Curtis Elburn. Yes. Yeah, looking like ZZ Top. I told him yesterday if he's not careful, old uh, Gibbons is going to hire him to play bass. Yeah, yep. <laughs> He says he's been getting into some competitions with the beer, with the Longhorns and the Beards. Beard now. competitions, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, what dog did you win? Lost Highway was the big winner today. National yep. national Grand Champion. Yep, National Grand Champion. We call him Hank. Yeah. His registered name is Wabash River Lost Highway. He's just turned three, um, and he's a pretty special dog yeah, for us. Yeah, so let's, let's dig into his history a little bit. How did old Highway, what do you call him? Hank. Hank. Yeah, Hank. we call him Hank. Yeah, Hank. So how did he come about? I'm sure you probably raised him like yep. a lot of your dogs. Yeah, we bred and raised him. Um, bred and raised the long, long line um, of red bones. He comes from, you know, dad started breeding red bones in the 70s, and he comes from the same line. A few outcrosses here and there. Um, we bought his mother as a 
puppy. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a picture of her and just fell in love with her and yeah. raised a nice litter of puppies off of Marlboro Red. Marlboro Red, um, and, and the mother is who? Miss, whole lot of Rosie. Okay, whole lot of Rosie. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, kind of noisy around here. Everybody's that we're in the hunt uh, in the hunt department here, and everybody's talking around us here. Need yeah. some headphones, I guess. But yeah, but then go ahead. Um. So yeah, we just made a nice cross. She raised a pretty litter, and he was kind of the one that caught my eye from the start. And yeah, we've held on to him, and he's been really successful. Yeah, he's been doing a doing a good job. He's a nice hound. So how long have you had him granted? Uh. Well, I was not going to grant him. For this, I was going to leave him champion. Really? He just turned three. Yeah. Um, I was going to leave him champion and bring Marlboro Red, his dad, for one last time as a grand. Um, and Lisa Bettingfield and my sister Nikki, they said, you would be an idiot if you don't grand this dog right now, this yeah. time. Like, grand him now. He's ready. So um, we actually just granted him at Redbone Days this year when he won Redbone Days. Granted him. Yeah. But it really worked out then, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Yeah, they were well, right. Yeah. Well, Curtis, I want to go to you a little bit. Where, when did you start with this? Have you always had basically the same? Started with a strain of red bones, and 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 that's what you built your line from, or did I, you? Where when, did you start? When I was a young teen, uh, my dad bought a dog, and it was a red bone. <clears throat> and I thought there weren't a lot of them around, and I think this is what I want to do. So this. This is not what these dogs come from, but in my younger years, I purchased a couple red dogs, and and what we have now goes back to them. Yeah, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. Do you uh, so looking back at those days, some of those early hounds that you had from those earlier, from that earlier part of the strain, how do the ones today compare? Do you feel like they've improved a lot? Uh, We've improved a lot on the breeding. We've, we've, Andy's done a great job of improving and, and making the right crosses. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still, do today, how many, how many litters, are, do you still raise several litters a year or not really? Just very few. Yeah. Just mostly raise them for our own needs. And Yeah. Yeah. And I know you, you, still, you still like to hunt a little bit. Yeah. You've got some grandsons to hunt with now. Yeah. Yeah. Got the whole family going, and it's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I I know uh, you still you still show dogs this weekend as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I done pretty good this weekend, and uh, I think still get around a little bit. This is my fifty first year, and I think this may be uh, one of the top years. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I've had a lot of success here, but this was a pretty special one. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, and you've won some big shows. You've won the world championship before, and. Uh, so, you know, at a show like Autumn Oaks, you're hunting the same or showing the same breed and everything. Do you get, do you compete in the same classes a lot? Be, are you up against each other a lot in the same classes? Us? Yeah, you two. Um, no, not, not really. Not a lot. We try to just focus on the one dog that we feel like is the best. Yeah. So, not yeah. usually showing a ton of dogs. Yeah. Well, what um, my question was going to be is if if you're just very competitive and try to outdo each other, if there's any if there's any bragging rights in the family. Oh, yeah, not. a little bit, a little yeah. bit. The worst ones are kids now. Um, oh, yeah. The grandkids yeah. are the ones that really enjoy beating yeah. uh, beating me and Nikki and, and Dad. Yeah, and then <laughs> you have uh, you have Peyton, too, your daughter. Yep. She's getting pretty handy at it as she well. She is, yep. She got a breed win this week. Her she? first time. Yeah. First time yeah. in Automos getting a breed win with yeah. her black and tan. So she's yeah. 
she's pretty pleased with herself too. Yeah. So she so did Cur- great. Curtis, I'm sure that makes you proud to see that you're not only your daughters, but also the grandkids kind of taking a liking to the sport and doing well, huh? It's awesome. Uh, what they've done. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So, then uh, you also had another uh, big win today with Rosie. I guess you won the grand champion female part yep. with Rosie. Yeah, Rosie won the grand female opposite sex. Yeah, uh, Redbone. Uh, she's she's nice, and I yeah. think it's a good uh, compliment to the judge that he yeah. picked a lot of likenesses yeah. because he, you know, he picked two dogs that were built very similar. Obviously, yeah. Hank's built like his mother, and uh, yeah. so I thought the judging was very good today in both rings. So I know you have been coming here since you were as little as these kids running around here yep. around us right now, but uh, smaller. And so infant. and you probably still remember those days a lot. But and a lot of things have changed, but there's still a lot of things that are the same, I guess. But and things look different, I guess. But uh, it's it's still a good time here at Oaks. I see for a lot of people. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. So, it's a it's a great time. Good yeah. time for family to come yeah. together and do you know traditional autumn oaks yeah things <laughs> yeah so what's the next you've won so many different things but wh- what other what other goals do you have any 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 near goals you have in mind well hank's a pretty special dog so i'm you know we'll world championship make a run maybe. At, maybe at the world yeah see how that goes yeah. maybe if he can pull out a breed we'll yeah we'll be successful yeah who knows yeah we'll see how he does yeah well you guys have been very successful over a lot of years and and we uh we appreciate always seeing you guys here and bringing your nice hounds and i appreciate you guys sitting down here for uh with me for a little bit and congratulations on your big win thank you thanks thank for you us. thanks for having us yep yeah so there you have it uh they've been uh They've, they've always had a, a good line, a good strain of red bones that they raised for a lot of years, you know, and it's, uh, they were, they've done a lot of winning over the years too, but you could just tell still how much they won the world championship. They've won all the big shows over the course of these years at some point or other, you know, but you could tell that this win just, it, it still means a whole lot to them. Yeah. Well-deserved and congratulations yep. to them. And a really, really nice dog. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the hunt side of it. Uh, Friday was a little bit hectic. It was a little intimidating standing there behind the table. Uh, really, really long grand night champion lines and uh, walk-up entry lines. Uh, we had, you know, we had a good uh, pre-entry for it, but I knew that the walk-ups would still come. We had over a hundred walk-ups on Friday, and uh, you were one nervous cat, weren't you? I was probably most anxious <laughs> I've ever been. It's man, you, you and rightfully so. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I was. Pre-entries, you kind of have an idea of what to shoot for when you have walk-ups. You have no idea what's going to happen as far as guides go. You got to depend on on walk-up entries to guide you. And we put a lot of uh, faith in our our satellite clubs. And what I want to mention them real quick because this hunt doesn't happen without uh, the clubs that put this event on. The first, of course, is the one right there off the grounds, the Wayne County Coon Hunters. Uh, you know, they kind of have had new leadership this year. They were kind of learning as they went, and then they but they were able to. Give us all the guides we needed for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and we appreciate the job that they did there, the Wayne County Cooners. Absolutely, and they've got a couple of young guys that are kind of stepping up. You know, Chase Blevins and uh, and a couple others that have really, uh, really stepped it up and and helping. And they've got some other older fellows as well. So everybody kind of worked together. They did a good job. Yeah, and then we of course had our three satellite clubs. We sent a pile of dogs to Limber Lost Cooners Club over in Bryan over the weekend. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many casts went up there. A lot. Yeah, both nights. Yeah. Both nights. I'm sure they packed their clubhouse up there. Hopefully they did good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, one of our dependable satellite clubs, Shelby County Sportsman's Club in Shelbyville, Indiana. They, we've used them ever since I've been a part of uh, UKC since 2004, and I don't know how long it was before that, you know, but uh, I've always been able to count on them, and they've helped us out tremendously, and it's a great club to hunt out of. Yeah. You know, they might, uh, you know, generally speaking, they might not quite have the game, uh, you know, and you never know. It, it depends on the night, too, but, you know, you go north, uh, the potential of getting into more game is probably greater than going south to Shelbyville. But another, not, nevertheless, there's a lot of a lot of dogs that place come out of Shelbyville. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And then you know you sometimes hear complaints about people having to drive to convoy. But yeah. if you drive to convoy, you're going to be in raccoons. <laughs> you you are you are, and they've done such a great job. You know they always make sure we know they've got food for the hunters that go up there, and and they're just tickled to have them up there too, you know, and, and they, uh, they feed them. They usually have some raffles and things like that going on, but it, it's a, it's a good little hike up there, but usually you go up there, they can usually, you know, like anything else, it's not a guarantee, but usually you can't draw a bad guide up there. That's right. And that's the Van Wert County Coonerty Association in Convoy, Ohio. Um, and as this is the hunting office podcast, we should probably talk about the hunting side of things. Um, yeah, probably should. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, even with so many walk-up entries and having a, a hunt that was way up this year compared to the last couple, everything on the hunt side of it went as smooth as could be. I think we're, we're nailing down our processes. We had a lot of strong people there. Um, and I just want to give kudos to our hunting ops team that we took with yep. us. Yep. Uh, we had Lacey Merriam and, uh, Morgan Williams come with us from the office here to do a lot of that stuff. Katie Ruffing, who usually uh, specializes in the media side of things, was over there helping us. She does, and she's kind of new. And I just want to point out with Katie, one of the reasons we wanted to have her there because she is working a lot on a on a, a, a website, a new updated website for us. And to have her along, with one of the things we're going to get into is a lot of online reservation type entries and things like that. She's going to be the one working with us or working for us to build those platforms so taking her to an event like this, uh, did you give her a, an idea of what it looks like to, to help her better understand how things work? I think is just going to, uh, going to help us in that regard. She did a great job. Absolutely. Smart lady. Uh, yeah, picked up on things very quickly. And it helps having a good group of field reps there, which we always do. And we'll give them a shout out here. Doug Cundiff, who worked off the grounds. Uh, Jamie Estep went up to Bryant for us. Tim Gilchrist worked out of Shelbyville and Brandon Scalf went to convoy for us. Yeah. Um, and they help a lot in our reservation process. They help, uh, help us put casts together after walk-ups and all that stuff. And some of the best in the business right there. That group yeah, it is. You know, Tim kind of made fun of us yesterday or whenever a couple of days ago when everybody's talking about being exhausted and then in the group text or whatever we had. And then Tim comes on and he said, well, when he got home, he did about, you know, he went out and worked till dark on his whatever mowing hay or something, yeah. you know, yep. it turns out he took a nap for three hours before he went out. So I think it was almost dark before he got started. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, Tim. You ain't pulling that on us. Uh, Oldest guy in the whole crew. <laughs> but no, Hey, those guys do a great job and it's, it takes a, takes a big team to put this on. Yep. Absolutely. Couldn't be more pleased. Um, and then, uh, when you're there drawing casts, that's whenever we you did your opening ceremonies with everybody in there. Went great. Um, and that's whenever we recognized our Slam Series winner. Yeah. I uh, may I should have mentioned him earlier, but this is a local guy, Derek Compton. He's out of uh, Lozentville, Indiana, and he was hunting a dog, Grand Night Champion, Whitey Stylish Abbey, a female tree and walker. 
He was able to get double cast wins Wednesday and Thursday night for a total of six twenty five, and that was enough to take the five hundred dollar added purse. Yeah, him. he's got a nice little female off a stylish little whitey stylish win. No name is the dam of that dog, but uh, yeah, Wednesday night he scored what one seventy five, and then Thursday night he had a score of four fifty and uh, two. I don't know how many dogs they had with double cast wins at the zones, but that's what we go by first is uh, multiple cast wins. And then I'm sure he was tied with some others, but his total two-night score of 625 is what got him the win. And, yeah, a nice little $500 bonus for uh, for that. So Not congratulations to Derek. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's get to the hunt portion of it. Yep. Friday, super busy. Uh, we ended up, at, ended up with 511 dogs entered. Um, and then on Saturday, way down, obviously all the grands hunt on Friday. On Saturday, I had 179. So that was a total of 690 entries over the course of the weekend. Yeah. Um, and just to talk it, some, oh, go ahead. No, that's kind of lopsided. You know, we talked about that. It'd be sometimes it'd be nicer for us to, uh, you know, where it would be a little more, not quite as lopsided, I guess, but uh, as long as we can handle it, that's all fine and dandy. The other thing was Saturday, do the Grand 16 and make a big deal out of that, you know, which, and rightfully so. Uh, so it does make it, uh, kind of nice when it's there's not as many on saturday you know so long as we can handle them all on friday and you talked about the long walk-up lines and everything being nervous about being able to get them all out i did not think we would right and we have never had to turn anybody away since i've been here since 2004 but i really thought this year was going to be that year yeah and And we told we were very honest with the night champion and registered hunters as they entered you might probably have a better chance on Saturday to hunt than you do tonight. Yeah, well, see, the grands, we had more grand guides than we needed than we could use, but it was in the night champion and the register divisions where we needed more guides. But once we got everything back there and saw exactly how many we still needed, you were like, what? Yeah. I've still got some left over. Yeah, I think we had uh, I think we had four non-hunting guides left over all yeah. from the ground. So yeah. we were able to use all our uh, satellite clubs. That was, that was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, complete weekend numbers here. Six hundred ninety entered, like I said there, um, in the uh, in the grand category. Uh, Three hundred and sixty coon seen, two hundred and forty six scored, only four dead cast, um, and they uh, ended up scoring on three point five coons per cast. It's pretty, pretty good, strong. Pretty strong average. Yep. Uh, night champions. One hundred. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, one hundred and thirty three night champions were entered over the weekend. Uh, in those casts, there was 114 coon seen, 95 scored, only four dead casts, and that comes out to an average of 2.6 coon scored per cast. Yeah. And the registered, as you would think, you know, a lot of young dogs, they had the the hardest time uh, treeing coons, looks like. Uh, 202 registered dogs over the weekend, 137 coon seen, 82 scored. They had 11 dead casts and uh, treed 1.7. A coon per cast. Hey, that's kind of interesting. You have the have the percentage there per category like that, and probably the way it should be. You know, the grands they had the better average, obviously. the The one number that I want to point out in the grands two hundred and sixty one grand nights that is a record for Autumn Oaks. We've never hunted anything even quite that close. Yeah, very strong. Very, very strong. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so let's Tuesday through Saturday night, 1,170 dogs entered in the night hunts Tuesday through Saturday night. That's pretty impressive. Thank you, guys. Thanks yeah. for all the guides. Thanks for all the, the judges, and thanks to all the host clubs that put those main dogs in the woods. Absolutely. And let's talk about the let's talk about a hunt winner now. Uh, when everything was done on Friday, we had our grand 16. We had our early round, and then uh, we had a good late round cast. No rain for the first time in the past few years, so we were able to go out. Tracking conditions weren't ideal. Uh, super bright moon, 
Uh, it was dry. Obviously, there's been a lot of dogs through that area all week long. But uh, the, our winner here, Grand Night Champion After Dark Ferris, owned by Lee Varner, was able to, to grub out a coon out of a bean field. He had it on the outside, and he was able to, to take home the title of National Grand Night Champion. Yeah, you know, we did the play-by-play. -play. You went out with the cast, and I stayed at the hotel, and neither one of us even went. I should have got me a little nap in before that, but I kind of got caught up kind of checking out some other results stuff, and it's kind of the first time I had the opportunity to do so. And I didn't dare go to sleep because I was afraid I wouldn't wake <laughs> exactly. up when it was time to do the play-by-play. -play. But, uh, but yeah, they kind of – and actually all day or the Saturday night's hunt, was you could see by looking at the scorecards, the scores just overall just weren't as great on Saturdays. Across it was, all it, categories yeah, were down. Yep. It, it was, but uh, so, yeah, in that late cast of uh, the Grand 16 here, uh, those dogs struggled a little bit, you know. It was it was kind of tough to, but uh, this dog, yeah, if you go to the play-by-play -play on our on our forums, Kunon forums on the uh, UKC website uh, is where you'll see the play-by-play, -play and, uh, and you'll see where Ferris kind of, he got him out in a bean field and worked this uh, raccoon around there for a while. And some, for those of you who don't know, uh, get a get a, a good running coon in a in a thick bean field this time of the year. A lot of dogs will struggle pretty hard. Yeah. You know, everything is so thick, and not just that thick. And you know, every, it's not uh, you know it's not matured yet or drying up yet. So so it can get uh, it can be tough on a dog. Sure. You know, just to. I remember, you know, having dogs sometimes in the heat of summer getting in those bean fields where every now and then you might see a dog popping his head out just to get air. Sure. You know, and it's, uh, there's not much air movement down <laughs> underneath those beans, but and a lot of times the dogs get, their noses get worked up pretty hard, you know, running through beans like that. But he got that sucker out of there and, and uh, put him up a tree on the edge of the field there and ended up, as it turned out, that was the winning raccoon. Yep. That's all he needed. So. And I think you pulled out, uh, you, you got some information on the Ferris's lineage, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You know, he is, uh, he's sired by uh, Bowers After Dark Mike, Mikey. And I was, I'm not really too familiar with that dog. So I did look it back, but it goes back to Sackett Jr. line. So we're all familiar with the Sackett Jr. line there on the top side. And then on the maternal side, a registered dog, just in Hickman's Honey Bee, is off a of Schooner River Bear. Okay. which is a dog that Daniel Wilson owned that was in the Grand 16, probably, I think, one of the, maybe the second year we had the Grand 16 at Autumn Oak. So her sire was has been there, done that. And obviously, Schooner River Bear is out of uh, Schooner River Fred. Yeah. So, yeah. Bear. Uh, and no accident here, I'm yeah. sure. Absolutely. And Lee Varner, you probably know him better than I do. I've known the name for a long time. And, and honestly, I didn't get to even get a chance to talk to him down there. I thought this week I just got to call him up and, and personally congratulate him when the dust settles here a little bit. But from what I hear, just a super nice guy. Yeah, he is. I've known him for a long time. He's from down there in East Tennessee where I'm from. Seen him at a lot of hunts before I moved up here. Yeah. And uh, I, I uh, was glad I got the chance to interview him soon after his win. And uh, yeah, I'm going to play this interview here with Lee Varner. Hope you enjoy it. All right, guys, we're here on Sunday morning. Just got done doing awards, and uh, I'm sitting down with the 2023 National Grand Night Champion, Lee Varner. How you doing today, Lee? Good, Trevor. How about yourself? Good, good. Uh, I know we just got done hunting last night, I feel like, and we're already in here doing awards and everything. Did you get any sleep last night? Not much. <laughs> Not much at all. <laughs> I got you. Well, uh, uh, National Grand Night Champion, uh, you won it with your dog after dark Ferris. Uh, let's let's talk about him a little bit first. How did you how did you get him? Uh, maybe some of his lineage, and just tell us about Ferris a little bit. 
Uh, I tried Ferris uh, last year in the dead of winter. A uh, guy in Kentucky had him. And uh, the night I tried him, uh, it was like nine degrees. Uh, ground was froze over. And I got about halfway there, and the guy called me and said, man, this weather's horrible. Are you still coming? <clears throat> I said, yes. Yeah. So I went on. And uh, that night, first time we cut him, first drop we cut him, he was like a mile and a half in six minutes at a coon tree. Um, we got him off that, took him to another place. Uh, he went in a place, trailed around a little bit more, and I wanted him to, made a bad tree, and I didn't buy him. So another guy down around our country uh, got him, and I regretted on the way home that I didn't buy him. Uh, and I told that other boy if he got ready to sell him, if he ever got ready to sell him, to give me a call. And he did, and I bought him. I got you. I got you. Do you know what he's out of? Yeah, he's uh, he's out from uh, After Dark Mikey. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, a dog from uh, Upper Northern Ohio. I got you. And what's kind of his hunt style a little bit? How would you how would you describe him to somebody? Uh, big hard hunting dog. Uh, real quick hunter. Likes likes the edge. Um, uh, moves really really good. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things that you mentioned last night before we even went out, and and probably one of the things that you felt was in your favor is is probably one of the more accurate dogs you've had. You've had some nice dogs, but you mentioned that his accuracy kind of sets him apart in your eyes. Is that is that true? Deadly accurate, Trevor. Deadly yeah. accurate. Yeah. I, no doubt about it. That's his strong suit. Takes a coon to make him tree. I mean, if he trees, he's going to have a coon. Yeah. Well, we haven't known each other for forever, Lee, but I've known you way before I got this job back hunting down in southeast Tennessee. Uh, and, and I know you a little bit, but for everybody uh, listening here, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and, and maybe how you got into coon hunting. Maybe the short version of that. Uh, I've coon hunted all my life. I coon hunted with my papa and my dad. Uh, me and my wife, wife uh, first started, when we first got together uh, and got married, uh, I told her if she'd let me coon hunt until I was 30, uh, that I'd quit and we'd start a family. And that's what we did. So I quit for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, and one day her and my little boy was, uh, well, he, he's not little now, but <laughs> my boy was cleaning out the garage and, uh, they was looking at a bunch of stuff that I'd won before. I had some stuff from Grand American, the World Hunts, and this, that, and another. And my boy kind of, I guess, kind of got, got the bug. And uh, he asked his mom, said, you think we could get another coon dog? And when I come home from work that day, uh, she had said that to me. And I told her, I said, I'm going to leave that totally up to you. I said, because I made you that promise. Um, and she said she didn't care. She said she was at the, you know, we're at the point in our marriage now. If that's what you, you want to do, then then that's what we'll do. But uh I take it pretty serious. I mean, yeah. um, hunt, try to hunt as much as I can, hunt real hard. I got my own business, so uh, that kind of makes it nice. Uh, but it's just something I've always loved, and I knew that uh, when I quit, uh, you know, like I said, to raise my family, that I couldn't be competitive uh, and, and not put the time in, so I just didn't want to do it if I couldn't be competitive. Yeah. It, I, you, you've, done, you've done well on the competition scene as well. I know you hunt hard through the week, but you also enjoy going to the competitions. Has that all? Has that been the case ever since you got into it, or did that come a little bit later on? No, I mean, like I said, uh, man, I probably, you know, I probably hunted my first hunt probably about seventeen. Uh, a preacher back home where we live uh, had a dog that I handled. So my dad and Papa really never didn't like the competition hunts. They were more pleasure hunters. But I kind of got hooked up with a preacher uh, when I was younger and started hunting some dogs for him, and that's kind of where I got started. And then I, I started hunting uh, dogs for Alan Smith and and uh, Bobby Allen. I got you. I got you. Well, uh, you know, coming up here to Autumn Oaks the past few years since I've worked here at UKC, seems like this is, is one event that you seem to always try to hit. We talked about a little bit last night. You've had a lot of success uh, in the registered and not champion categories the past few years, and this year 
had a grand night and was able to to make some noise with it. But uh, what is it about this event specifically? Is it the the locale or just the prestige of it, or uh, what what is it about Autumn Oaks that that gets you out of East Tennessee and gets you up here? I mean, man, I mean, I, I would just have to say this has got to be one of the, you know, year in year out. Uh, since competition hunts been going on, it's got to be one of the biggest, most prestigious hunts, in my opinion. I mean, man, it's an old hunt. It's in a great area. I mean, uh, y'all are really doing a good job with it. I mean, it's uh, the the coverage that y'all have on it now, uh, the the publicity that it brings. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I definitely think that y'all got it headed in the right direction too, of taking it to another level. I mean, I know it's already been a big time hunt, but I think that, that y'all are really growing it. Yeah. And you, uh, you seem to always be able to guide in this area. You got uh, some connects around here, I guess. Man, I'd have to say yeah on that. I mean, uh, Kevin, Angie, Cable. I mean, man, I stay up here a lot. Uh, me and Kevin's really been hunting a lot the last probably uh, four years. I mean, uh, I usually come up here. I usually leave on Wednesdays from the house Wednesday night, and then I'll stay up here two or three nights uh, when I come. I mean, I don't know, man. They've They've just welcomed me in. I mean, never charged me a dime to stay over there. And, I mean, I've stayed over a bunch. But, uh, I mean, he's kind of showed me around the lake. I mean, I've hunted quite a bit over here, too, with Randy Gad. Uh, I mean, I know the area real good. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's the best place in the country to hunt if you want to, to, to prepare a dog, you know, for a competition hunt. Yeah, so um, so you think it's better hunting than East Tennessee? <laughs> hey you know the answer to that Trevor. oh too well uh, i got it. well hey let's segue that into a little bit about this weekend friday night uh do you remember anything about that cast that got you uh got you into the grand 16 yeah friday night man the, i feel like the coons uh they were they were really down good i don't know if it was the cooler weather um and i think also too i think their their feed patterns changing uh i think they've been in the corn and really been in the cherries good and, it looks to me like they're, they're they're starting to move to the oaks. Uh, they're finishing up there, starting to move to the oaks a little bit. Uh, I went over into Ohio uh, and hunted, um, and they were just on the ground good. I mean, every place we turned loose, I mean, we got struck quick. Uh, uh, just everything just worked out. I, I think one coon we scored uh, we scored like 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 he was treating like thirty five seconds. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, how how many coons did you end up treeing Friday night, and what score advanced you to the Grand Sixteen? Um, we scored six total on my cast. Uh, Ferris treed five, and I had a thousand seventy-five. That ain't a bad night, is it? Absolutely not. <laughs> so you advanced to Saturday, and Saturday was a lot tougher. We could tell from the scores across the board, uh, down down quite a bit, and uh, you know we were out there. That moon all week has kind of messed up the the patterns, I think, a little bit, and then it was a little warmer. Uh, but still, on Saturday early, you drew out with your cast in the Grand 16. Tell us a little bit about your early cast uh, last night. Uh, the early cast last night, we went over to uh, to what they call Five Mile Circle. It's uh, it's, I mean, it's probably the hardest hunted place over at the lake. A uh, lot of coon in there, um, but man, it can be rough, super thick. But uh, Man, like you said, Trevor, the, the, the coons just didn't move good. Uh, my dog ran about the whole cast, uh, probably like 15 minutes left. He come treed, uh, but now I was struck for 100, so that, that gave me a bonus there. Uh, Basham's dog and another another little dog, they had treed a coon and a den tree, uh, and then uh, one of the black dogs had made another circle. And, I mean, man, that, you know, that's the first 
first tree my dog had made. And I mean, we was about out of time. And I mean, it's kind of worked out in my favor. Like, I guess you could say the stars lined up there. Yeah. Hey, we talked about it a little bit last night when we were walking out of the woods. Sometimes it's your night. Dogs look good. The conditions are right. And sometimes you got to grind it out. And a good dog will do that. And I think Ferris proved that last night, uh, especially on the late round last night in the in the championship cast. Uh, you drew out with Cody Carter hunting Cookie. Uh, we had uh, Curtis Sparks out there hunting the Penny Dog, and uh, the fourth dog, uh, J.R. Gray hunting Scar. Can you tell us a little bit about that final cast? Man, I tell you what, Trev, that was a tough one last night late. I mean, <laughs> uh, once again, I just don't feel like the Coons was down. I mean, man, you know, Cookie's tough as nails. <clears throat> uh, scar stuff. I, I, I've hunted with Jr. several times here recently. He's always got a good dog. I mean, I, I just didn't feel like the Coons was down. I mean, it was a grind. I mean, uh, you know, it was anybody's cast right there down to the end. Uh, probably not the the way that we wanted to finish it up. But I mean, you know, like I told you last night, I mean, nobody has control of how the Coons are going to move. And I mean, hunted a phenomenal place. I felt like Chase had us in a great place. I mean, they just wasn't down. Yeah. And uh, and how how do you recall on your watch how much time was left on the cast whenever you were able to get Ferris treed in? Uh, I want to say Trevor, it was nine thirty-five if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, just shy of yep. ten minutes left in the cast. Yep, you got him treed in. He's about eight hundred yards away. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Back behind us. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that walk. What was going through your mind? Obviously, you could see him on your telemetry system. You probably saw he was on the edge of some ag some ag field over there what were your thoughts when you were walking to that tree i want it i told i told jamie stroud you know he was the backup judge and i told jamie stroud um unless jr got treed before the time ran out and i wouldn't think that he did because i think i think scar was blowed out but uh i told jamie going over i said i want it i said he's on the edge we'll be able to shine it from the green and uh i said man he's gonna have a coon yeah. i mean i just knew he would have a coon i mean like i said i mean he just don't make many badge at all yeah, we got there. He's right on the edge of that bean field. And you uh, started out, you took the first two to yourself, low light, uh, hitting your squalor a little bit, it seems like, or, or working your thermal, one of the two. I'm trying to trying to picture the scene in my mind. But uh, from the field side, you weren't having much luck. Uh, and, and you ended up having to crawl through some thickets over there and get down in the, the bottom on the other side. And uh, and then I heard the I heard the hollering and the hooping over there. Uh, what was that? Feel, what was that moment like? Man, it's just, I mean, you know, when, when y'all come to the tree, I mean, Chase told me, you know, if I, if I got a coon or a circle, I win. But, man, I, I just didn't want to win this hunt with a yep. circle. I mean, I wanted to win with a coon. I mean, I, um, and, and just like I said, I was I was very, very confident that he had it. I thought we would, we would be able to find it from the side that we were on. But uh, uh, when I got back to the other side, you know, kind of how that tree was up on the ditch, it let me look into the tree a little bit better, so it kind of gave me a better view. But I think once we found it and then y'all backed out, I think the coon was, was, was pretty easy to find. But uh, I don't know why I didn't see it on the thermal. I guess I'm depending too much on the thermal. <laughs> but it was a little thick. It was a little thick, and I think we got a little – it might have made the coon a little bit nervous. We had a fellow under there taking some pictures of Ferris, and I, I didn't know. I thought that after a couple flashes, it thing got a little nervous when I started moving up, I thought. But, yeah, we were able to see it out there in the field, and that's a cool moment, man. Sit under that big bright full moon, standing in that bean field, and to see somebody win national grand night champion—that's a, that's kind of a humbling feeling to you know to to see somebody achieve something like that. It's a, the one of the most prestigious the wins of the year in in the coonhound sport, and and I and I can't congratulate you enough on that. Um, is there anybody that you want to give any thanks to that you haven't mentioned from 
from anywhere. Just, just my wife. I mean, I'm telling you, like I said, I mean, golly, I just, I mean, for her to let me do what I do, like I said, man, I just stay going all the time up here at Kevin's. I mean, uh, last weekend's the first time she's ever been up. Uh, Kevin and Angie had Jackson a birthday party over there, and we come up, and I didn't bring a dog, and we just hung out over there Friday night and had a really good time. I mean, man, they're they're really family-based. I mean, we did a lot of old-school stuff. Uh, I, I mean, just like I said, I love the area, and for her to let me do that, I mean, golly, I just, I mean, I hats off to her. I mean, I just don't think a lot of women to put up with it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It takes a special kind. And you had a big cheering section from back home, too, I know, down there in East Tennessee. All the guys down there are rooting for you that you compete with week in and week out. So uh, a lot of lot of lifelong uh, friendships down there. So Yeah, and I, I tell you what, I got to give one more shout-out to uh, my man Alan Roberts down there with the new Outlaw Light. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate him. I mean, that light did me right all weekend. I mean, you know, uh, to hunt like we hunt, uh, shine them trees, I think uh, – you know, Saturday night I put it in six trees and, and burned it a lot. So I got to give a shout out to Alan too. I mean, he's building a good light. Anybody needs a light, I, I highly recommend the Outlaw. I mean, I know you know Alan too. He's not only building a good light, but he's a great person. Yeah, one of our field reps you're talking about. And uh, yeah, it found that coon, didn't it? <laughs> the one you needed. Well, hey, I guess what everybody wants to know now, what's what's on, what's next for Ferris? You got some plans coming up? Uh, any major events you got circled on your calendar or, or anything? Or it breeding in the near future or what's what's on the docket for you and ferris not not a bit interested in breeding trevor i just like to hunt yes sir. Uh, i mean just 100 percent want to hunt him and uh the next thing i got circled to be the zones over at portland indiana there you go man well hey lee congratulations appreciate you being here appreciate you wearing your tennessee orange to getting this picture in here and uh <laughs> hey good luck down the road man thank you trevor I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Lee. Uh, Well-deserved. He's a guy who hunts really hard. Uh, he he gives a lot of support to the clubs there in East Tennessee and even up here in Indiana. I know he comes up with Kevin Cable and hunts a lot up here too. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, Well-deserved. Great hunter. Great dog. So, well, that's kind of an end for today's uh, podcast. We have a bunch of interviews on tap though, so we hope you stay tuned for next week's episode. I know we were both kind of excited for some of the interviews we did. You had some good ones you liked, right? Yeah, we certainly did. We sat down. I sat down with, I think, about eight or nine different folks that I sat and, you know, tried to do four or five minute uh, clips from each one of them. So just a couple that that, that one of them uh, that I was really looking forward to was a couple from Idaho, uh, Kevin and Nancy Hall. They drove or they came all the way out from Idaho their first time at Autumn Oaks. And uh, I got to take them around a little bit, give them a little mini tour of Autumn Oaks. So you're going to hear from them and uh, several others, the color for Kurt Ehring. From oh. Missouri, had to pull him in, you know, and several yeah. others. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had a chance to talk to another five or six people, I guess, as well. And uh, I was glad to talk to, you know, I didn't have a chance to talk to anybody at Walker Day, so I was able to get Brett Hall on. We're going to talk a little bit about the Walker Association as well as Autumn Oaks and everything he does there. Talk to Jamie Eastep about the slams as he was the master of hounds at that. And uh, I think it's going to be a good listen. So be sure you come back next week and listen to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content. 